Kansas City, Missouri, this is Open Megahertz, an Apple II podcast. Whether you're a longtime Canadian, a nostalgic K-Fester, or a newcomer to the community, join us as we share 8-bit Apple news and 2-bit Apple reviews. Well, hello and welcome back to Open Megahertz. Good to see you, Carrington. And you. And Michael. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. And welcome to Friday morning of Kansas Fest 2011. Which has been very fun. Friday morning? Yes, Friday morning has been very fun. How's the rest of it been? Uh, mediocre. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been, been fantastic. An amazing event. Did you go on the Steak and Shake run last night? I did get on the big green bus and go on the Steak and Shake run. No wonder you're so bleary-eyed. I only had a, a, a shake. You didn't have a steak? No. Oh. It was like one in the morning and all we do is eat at this event, so no. Well, what else would you do at Steak and Shake? Andy had tiny little hamburgers. I'm a Canadian, so we don't have Steak and Shake. This was new to me. But it turns out they sell tiny little hamburgers. So what do they have in Canada? Like bacon and maple syrup? Yes. That is all that we eat. Huh. And And Americans. And what about you, Mike? How have your evenings been at K-Fest? Dark. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not really awake yet. It's only 9.30 in the morning on Friday, so... And that's central time. It's actually 8.30 your time. It is, but the sleep deprivation is starting to catch up with me. There is that. And we still have two more days to go. We have all today, all tomorrow, and then I'm, Sunday. I'm looking forward to today's sessions, too. There's a networking one that I'm really keen on. Is that one being run by Jeff Weiss? I don't know. Just somebody's going to teach me how to network. Okay. I think it's Ivan, actually. I think you're right. Ivan is a networking guy. He connects people. Yes. And I'm hoping he can get me and my um, Apple IIs connected. I have endless difficulty hmm. getting my Apple II on a Macintosh network. I'm sorry for you. ADD Pro works for everybody but me. Like I just, no matter what I do, I use um, Mac LC475 now with a 2E card in it. That is the ultimate way to get a 2E on a network because it's inside a Mac that is a network. Hmm. <laughs> Ken has no response to that. I don't. You've left me speechless. Yes. So, Ken, what have you uh, enjoyed most about Kansas Fest so far? Just being here amongst the Apple II community because this is the time of year when we truly are a community. Jerry Ellsworth posted something recently on Google+. No, it wasn't Jerry Ellsworth. It was the girl from the Guild. Felicia Day. Felicia Day that everybody in this community knows. knows Felicia Day. She posted something recently about um, About Comic-Con. Is she coming to Kansas Fest? No, about Comic-Con, which she's at instead of Kansas Fest. I see. She posted that. She was very disappointed about that. Darn conflict. But she also posted that it was four tips for getting through an event like Comic-Con. And tip number four was just enjoy it because being a geek is all about community. And I thought it was very apt. It is. It's aptful. It was was very full of apt. Yes. So, Mike, what's been the highlight of your week so far, if any? I don't think my brain's functioning right now. I really don't. Um, this. I, recording what? this podcast <laughs> it must is, be. is the highlight. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to let you guys talk for a little while. Alrighty. Mike is now under the table. Yeah. Aw. Drunk again. No, I'll, I'll, we'll try not to kick him too hard. <laughs> not too hard. Well, see, it's just it, hard enough. It's dark under the table. <laughs> yeah, dark and comforting. Dark and, and warm and just a little sleepy. So Aww. I'm going to answer the question too, but I'm going to cop out and say basically you're, the same thing as you're you. You're going to tell me what Mike's favorite session is? No, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to answer for Mike. Okay, go Mike, for it. Mike's favorite session was lunch. My favorite session. I was going to cop out and say that, like you can, it's all about the community and I don't really have a favorite session. It's more about just being here. I'm going to change my I, I did have a favorite session. Screw the that? other sessions. It was building the MP3 card. Vince Briel's workshop last night. Was fantastic. Wasn't it that? I, it was the first time I've soldered in like five or eight years or some long time. Because nowadays you can just buy things soldered by other people. Right. Um, but it was amazingly fun. He ran a great workshop. I wasn't that keen on the card when I first heard about the session. I thought, why do I want an MP3 player in my Apple II? Like you can play MP3s at 
so easily in other hardware. Sure. Is this really something I need? Right. Um, but now that I have the card, I'm actually really happy to have it. So I was wrong about that. So what and changed your mind? Just how fun it was to build. <laughs> so it's made me love it more. It's like when you have a child, you're like, oh, it'll be work, it'll be work, it'll be work. Oh, it's lovely and it smells nice, so I'll keep it. That's what I hear. I don't know. That, that's not really what happens too much. <laughs> so yeah, it, he ran a great session. There was, I think, eight or so of us building the cards. And a number of people had never soldered before. So they'd never built anything like this. Stavros was there. He was, he'd never built a card before. And at least one other person was completely brand new to soldering. And everybody got their cards built successfully. They all finished. Huzzah. All the cards worked. It was amazing. He really ran a very friendly, really nice session. It was really nice. The kit itself, the instructions were very clear. And I think even if you were building it not at the session, a, a newbie to building something could absolutely dive in and get this done. Even you? Even me, yes. Well, I, I mean, I used to solder a lot as a kid. So I, it came back to me very quickly. What, was, what kind of stuff would you solder? Like the cat? Like heat kit stuff and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So I, the little electronics kits from Radio Shack, I was big into those. And, and the first computer stuff I had was all kits. The Apple II was, I think, the fourth computer I had. And everything before that, you, you had, to, had to build and solder most of the parts. And so. now that you have an expansion card that can go in any slot of any Apple II and play MP3 cards from a USB device, what will you do with it? I will put it in one of those slots. Well done, sir. <laughs> I don't know if I'll actually use it that much, to be honest. We'll see. Sheppy says he's getting one of the cards because he has a couple of projects that are super secret that he's very keen on that will utilize that card. I've been hearing that for a couple of years now. About that card? Yes, because Vince Beal first showed it off at Kansas Fest 2009. So that's what I will use that card for. Sheppy's super secret projects. How does the A2 MP3 card compare in your mind with the other hardware debut of the week, that being Rich Dreyer's CFFA 3000? That is bottom kicking. I have ordered mine after great difficulty. The site doesn't accept Canadian addresses. Oh, no. Oh, it accepts them. It just then pops up a message saying, for security purposes, it has blocked this order. Because clearly Canadians are total badasses. <laughs> he and I both thought it was a PayPal problem. So we actually got PayPal on the phone. And so he said, the vendor is here, the customer's here, we're trying to place this order, it's being blocked by PayPal. The PayPal representative had to get his manager on, and then that person's manager had this long discussion. They finally said they saw what the problem was, but unfortunately they wouldn't be able to fix it. It would be intermittent, we should just wait a while. It turns out it had nothing whatsoever to do with PayPal, the orders were never even going to PayPal, so I don't know what they were thinking. Hmm. Um, it's, the site is hosted on GoDaddy, and GoDaddy's shopping cart right now is not working for Canadians. So instead, I just clicked, I'll pay cash. Oh, wait, no, then it still didn't work because of the whole Canadian thing. So Why go through an online form at all when the vendor is sitting two feet from you? Because um, people were walking up and just handing him cash. He was worried he wouldn't be able to keep track of who's paid and who hasn't. So he asked people to go on the site and order. Then they'd get a receipt. And then he could walk down the hall. and, and Right, because receipts are a new online thing. Yes. Excellent. I'm yeah. glad he's taking advantage of that technology. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's why. So I was able to order, and I used the Rockhurst University address instead. Well done. So now he's just going to turn right around and ship it to right here. I'm a wandering Canadian of no fixed address. Aha. Are you entering Hackfest this year? No. Because you are something of a hacker, aren't you? Yes, and a fester. Yes. I often fester. <laughs> no. What about you, Ken? Or you don't enter anything. You just have to be here and run the show all the time. That's all. I see all. you and Tony scurrying around constantly having to do things. Yes, that's all. I did used to enter Hackfest once upon a time when I had the time. Did you win? I came in either first, second, or third every year that I entered for the first five or six years until one year I came in fourth. And I decided I've lost my mojo. It's not worth entering ever again. <laughs> Ken's got no mojo. I don't. 
Oh, poor Ken. It's okay. The year I came in fourth, I just wrote a simple basic program that would predict how many K-Festers would come any year. You would input various variables, such as who the keynote speaker was, whether or not Paul Zaleski was coming, <laughs> what year it was, because every year there's attrition, but then Woz brings them all back. Right. I remember debuting it when Jerry Ellsworth was here, and she asked me if it was Y3K compliant, and it was. <laughs> okay. The program actually predicted about negative 1,000 people would show up. Excellent. Yes. But I decided not to enter Hackfest anymore, and I moved over to the judging table intermittently. Who are the judges this year? Sheppy invented this contest. So he is the head judge, and then he chooses two people to join him. In the past, it's been Sean Fahey, Tony Diaz, Ivan Drucker, myself. One year, Sheppy was here and decided he wanted to actually enter Hackfest, so he chose three other people. Last year, he wasn't here at all. Uh, this year, the judges are Sheppy, Ivan, and Tony. Okay, cool. And, I, and I've heard for sure of only two people who have entered Hackfest, those being Peter Neubauer and Martin Hay. Is one of those the haiku bot? The, there is a computer in the hallway on the first floor that is accepting haikus from attendees, and that is designed by Martin Hay. Actually, as of about 10 minutes ago, it's not really in the hallway anymore. It's now hanging on his door. The computer itself? He hung the whole computer on the door. So he's also entered the door contest. Yes. Wow. Excellent. That's part of his door contest. So it's, a, so it's a door hack. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. How very efficient. Awesome. <laughs> and I hope he takes whatever he's using to hang it on the door to strap to his chest and wear it as a tie this evening. There you go. That's right. He has to put the whole door on his chest. Has anybody ever had something that they've entered into all three of those contests as the single unit? I can't think of anything that they've ever entered into two of them. That would be a challenge. It would be. people in the future to come and say it's my Carrington, door. I challenge you. I will. Okay, if I, next time I come to Kansas Fest. There will, will be a next that. time. Yeah, I will do that. I will, I will come up with something that will be my Hackfest entry, my tie, and my door. And will it be another three years before we see you here? At least. Really? It takes a long time to come up with something that can be a Hackfest entry and door. Oh, yes, you painted yourself in that corner again. But we haven't seen you here since 2008. We can't go that much longer. It's part of building the anticipation. Anticipation. Wait for it. Patient. Yes. Okay. Impatient cow. Ew. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think Mike took the right tact by just saying silence. I say Mike's going back under the table. Because Carrington and I... sleep now. Carrington and I don't have anything more creative to say. It's just that it doesn't stop us from saying it. I have many creative things to say. Marmalade. Bravo. Well done, sir. <laughs> I could not have thought of that until at least 2.30 p.m. So I am having a great time at Kansas Fest. I'm really glad I came down. I'm glad we're all here. We have six first-timers this year. Mm -hmm. Also impressive is that the seven first-timers we had last year have all come back. That's the most impressive thing. I think that's how you build a growing community, is people that come the second time. They've come, yes. they've tried it out, and they've, they've returned. And they've decided that they didn't hate it. Yes. No, they liked it enough to come. Everyone I talk to seems to be having a great time here. This really is a fun event. Self-selecting. I mean, people that come to Kansas Fest are going to be Apple II fans already. Like, nobody's here by court order, as far as I know. Not this year. Okay. <laughs> so we check. So it's the kind of event I think if you're interested in it, then if you come, you will have a great time. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I do try to encourage everybody that's, that likes, and even listening to either of our podcasts mm -hmm. or this strange Frankencast we're doing now, should be coming to Kansas Fest. They, I concur fully. They would have an awesome time. It really is a great time. You know, we always have people posting online saying, oh, I'll get there some year. And, you know, that's what I thought 15 years ago, that there isn't going to be a some year, some year. So I came back then, and then 15 years later, I'm still coming. 
Yep. So I don't know if that means that people should just put it off because this event is going to run indefinitely, which apparently it is. Well, it won't if people don't come and support it. That's right. I mean, eventually it would just become something that they're hanging out at Tony's house or something. The so self-fulfilling props. It's the fact that people come and gather is what keeps it alive. So if they come, if they will build it. Right. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not at all backwards. Excellent. No. But yeah, we have over 40 attendees this year, which is something we haven't done in a while. We've actually been down into the 20s before. So to have that many is very encouraging for the future of this event. Probably the extra 20 came because I was coming in there. Well, there's that. They're big fans. Maybe I should incorporate, <laughs> I should incorporate that variable into my attendance predictor. Absolutely. Carrington coming. Yes. Does that make it go up or down? It will make some people come. It will make some people go away. Ah. So it really just it, it works out. out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But two Canadians this year. Yes, I am at least one of them. Yes, at least one. You might even be both of them. At least one of those Canadians is me. Who's the other Canadian? Jeff Blakeney. Oh, I knew that. Yes. And yet I asked. I'm, 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 lo- I'm sending you some softballs. Well, thanks. But you don't have to you know, telegraph the fact that you are doing so. No, that's the important part. That might be all that we keep from this edit. Oh, okay. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. No problem. So anything else happening at Kansas Fest? We just had a video chat this morning with uh, two gentlemen from Japan, neither of whom are Japanese. And if you were wondering, Mike, why we were talking to people in Japan whose names are Bill and Jim, as opposed to Yoshi and Hiroshima, then that would be because Jim did a semester abroad when he was a college student in Japan, and he really liked it, so he decided to move there permanently. But now he's thinking about moving back to San Francisco and may even come to Kansas Fest next year. And Bill said that he had a sidekick... 20 years ago, who got him into Japan. I don't I thought know. he meant like an actual, he had a sidekick. The, the phone. Yeah, the, the, the phone. phone. Like, yeah, one of those 20 years ago? I yeah. don't think he did. Yeah, now he has a Blackberry that's keeping him in Japan. Right. right. <laughs> Against his will. Right. right. So he had a sidekick 20 years ago? I don't know what exactly sidekick means, if it's like a, a young boy in tights. Well, like, I, I would have like thought Kato. Kato, like, oh, right. Like, or Robin or something like that. Like, well, that's what I'm talking about, you know, young, yeah. And tonight we have a tribute to Ryan Suinaga. We do. We're all going to be wearing shorts. We got free shorts at Kansas Fest. People who didn't come to Kansas Fest this year missed out on free shorts. That's right. That's I'm wearing them. I'm going to hold them up for the microphone. Oh, God, no, please. I've held them up for the microphone. I don't need to see that this early in the morning. (laughs) Okay, now I'm blind. Thank you, Carrington. You got me the shorts. But yeah, we thought it would be nice if everybody at Kansas Fest 2011 was wearing apparel that would honor the gentleman who could not be here this year because he is no longer with us at all. So we're going to wear them for the group photo, right? I think that would be fitting and appropriate if we could send his family and friends a photo of 40 Apple II users in Kansas City, Missouri wearing Hawaiian shorts. I love it. Love the idea. Because Ryan was infamous for his loud shorts. Sometimes you couldn't even hear him over them. (laughs) Right. I can't hear you over your shorts. No. And the Juice GS staff photo also incorporated those shorts as well as Hawaiian shirts and maybe even a Hawaiian lei or two. Nice. Yes. It's about time that a K-Fester got laid. So, Juice GS. Yes, sir. It's going to continue? Is it? I'm asking. Well, I'm interviewing you. I have the opportunity now. Why aren't I interviewing you? One megahertz. Is it going to continue? Yes. How many years between episodes? 35. Okay. So, we'll all be dead. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. You're going to die within 35 years. At this rate, if I have to keep running these shows. Well, he said, we'll all be dead. I think he's going to take us all out. Yes, he's going to kill all of us. Yeah, I love doing one megahertz. I, I am unfortunately infrequent with publishing it. And to be honest, it's because I don't have a co-host. It is, it is much more difficult to get motivated to just sit and rap with a microphone. 
the other podcasts I do, the two, two other podcasts I do both have co-hosts, at least one. It's so much easier to, to put those out because you're just having a conversation. You sit down, you talk, you're done. Usually we have an agenda. It's less rambling than this thing. <laughs> but it's very easy to stick to a schedule. So both of those just come out. Whereas with one megahertz, since it's just me, I have no one to really let down. So if, I, if I'm planning to podcast on a Saturday and something comes up and I don't do it, I'm like, ah, I'll do it next week. And it's easy to do that week after week after week. And suddenly a year's go, year goes by and I haven't put out a podcast. But if you had a co-host, then it'd be two megahertz. No, it would still be the one. We'd ha- be half a megahertz each. Oh, I see. So I can't imagine you slowing down, though. I, I do that in post. Oh, okay. Yes. Ah, the wonders of GarageBand. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Juice GS has some announcements to make tomorrow. Excellent. We have... I actually have three concurrent sessions, one of which I'm sharing with this gentleman here, that being Mike, because you can all see me pointing at him. There, you can hear me waving on the <laughs> It makes for great radio. <laughs> wow. So there is the Juice GS announcement, which will take all of five minutes. Excellent. Then there is the Open Apple session, where we go behind the scenes with our podcast that debuted back in February. I'm going to pretend I haven't seen this, so it can be all fresh for me. Well, this is not how we record Open Apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know nothing about podcasting. Mm-hmm. You should come to our session. I'm going to come to your session. And heckle. Oh, yes. That's wow. what I meant by come to your session. Thank you. Oh, I see. We talked about that on the last RCR. I heard that. He's, he's here to undermine us. Yes. So they sponsored you coming here. I've been playing Minecraft, and I'm here to undermine Excellent. you and get diamonds. We learned all about shaking things for diamonds in the Minecraft. Yeah, maybe I should just punch you in the face and <laughs> you, get, pops out. you get wood or whatever. It's, it's like an odd-looking game. It's we like Warcraft Canadian. without the swords. And I never thought of that. Extra mining. Well done, sir. Yeah. So anyway. And then there is a session that I'm using just to fill the time because Andy Malloy, our schedule meister, asked me to do so. Right. And that session is Know Your Meme. He's a schedule meister. He is the one who solicits and collects the schedule and the sessions and puts them all into nice, tidy order. Nice. So that way we know... That's what meister hap- means? Yes. To collect and place in order? Andy is what stops everything from happening at once. <laughs> Fantastic. And he's awesome. He's like the nicest guy at Kansas Fest. Oh my god, isn't he? Yeah. He We're can. going to be playing a game this evening with Andy and four others. And does the name does of... Andy know about that? Yes, no. Andy does. It's called Star Something One. Star Saga One. Star Saga One. Ooh, is Mike in on this game? Uh, I'm not in on this game. Um, you can be. We're, well, okay. We're looking Maybe for Maybe I will be. It's, it's a game <coughs> I played uh, when I was younger and, and really enjoyed it. Is it an it's, Apple game? It's an Apple II game, and it's it's a science fiction sort of a the the it's, it's like Dungeons and Dragons kind of. The computer acts as the as the game master, um, and half of it is on disc, and the rest of it is in these books that it tells you you have to, to read certain sections. It's sort of like you know the wasteland where you had to read the paragraphs because it didn't fit on a 140k disc. Right. But this is a science fiction based sort of space empire conquest kind of game. Hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I've read the beginning instructions. I guess there's six characters, so each person can be one of those characters, but you don't have to have all six. But right. Andy was saying, where else is he possibly going to find five people willing to play this vintage 80s Apple II right. based role-playing game with him? So he wants to get all six in the game. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I used to play this game when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I was the only one. I couldn't find anyone to play it with me, and it's fun, but I'm guessing it's a lot more fun when you're playing with actual other people rather than having the computer fill in the details for any other characters. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to it. I I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, I guess I wasn't invited. No, you weren't. Okay. By which I mean you're welcome. Well, thank (laughs) you. To play. (laughs) I'm sure I'll be extremely busy, but thank you. Probably, yeah. We're going to do it after the the photography session. 
The group photo? Yes. Well, let's see. The roast goes until around 7 o'clock. That's the formal dinner that we have every at Kansas Fest Friday night. And then there's the group photo. And then I don't think there's anything on the agenda. Very often there's a trip to the Apple Store. Yes. Which is certainly not mandatory because most of us have all the Apple stuff we could ever need. Uh, a couple of years ago, Jeff Weiss tricked me into buying an iPod at the Apple Store. He tricked you? He did. <laughs> there were like two or three other people buying iPods that year. And I'd always wanted one and I could never justify the price. Well, and then Jeff said, come on, Ken, everybody's getting an iPod. Even I'm getting an iPod. I'm like, oh my god, the peer pressure. Well, if everybody's doing it, then I guess I'd better too. Because if they were to jump off a bridge, I'd do that too. Of course. Right. So I, well, you do it last, though, so you land on the bodies. Right. You know, a nice, soft, cushiony. Right. Especially if Jeff's there. So I bought an iPod, and we're all sitting in Carl's van or Kirk's van driving back to the campus, and we're all looking at our new toys. I look over at Jeff, and his hands are empty. I say, Jeff, where's your iPod? He says, oh, I didn't buy one. <laughs> I just said that to get you to buy one. Crap. Well played, Jeff. But I enjoyed my iPod for two years until I dropped it, and it needed repairs, and I sent it to a K-Fester for repairs, and that was three years ago. Is that K-Fester here? He is. Well, get your iPod. I'm working on it. He gave it to me last year, and it worked for three months before it broke again. And that time, it wasn't my fault. So I sent it back to him, along with yet another iPod that I just happened to have that was broken, and said, repair one of these and give it back. <laughs> you break a lot of iPods, can I? I didn't break either of them. I, I, out of the two iPods that have broken a total of three times, only one was my fault. Mm -hmm. You know who I'm not going to lend my iPod to? Ken. <laughs> That's a great answer. You know who you're not going to ask to repair it? Ken. I'll tell you later. <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with Ken. Well, if I put his name on the show, then he'll never give it back. Oh, which he may never do anyway. Right. <laughs> so really, you're risking very little. But yeah, I'm, anyway, I'm looking forward to Star Saga 1 tonight very, very much. Well, I've already played all the games I need to at Kansas Fest. That is a very professional segue. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be part of this vlog. I know. It's, it's very subtle, isn't it? Yes. I like it. So, Ken, you're holding a, a parallelogram shaped box. Tell me about it. Well, it's this a geometric entertainment device is known as the premier issue of Microzine, which was published by Scholastic. It was aimed at grade school students, and this was published in 1983 for any Apple II with 48K of RAM. And He's, I wasn't kidding, the box really is shaped like a parallelogram. Not only is it shaped like a parallelogram, it is a parallelogram. I guess that's what, <laughs> that's what it would be to be shaped like one, yes. The, mag the instruction manual is shaped like a parallelogram. The teacher edition manual is shaped like a parallel. Yeah, they had to cut it all to, to fit in the... The, the floppy disk are not. is a five and a quarter inch rectangle. Right. Right. Which is a parallelogram, just kind of a boring one. Right. But anyway, so each disk has several adventures and utilities on it. This one has a melange of entertainment pastimes. Those are big words. It's I know a big word, too. Marmalade. <laughs> You've already used that. You have to go over with another one. It's my big word. Can you make it into an adjective? Yes. Go for it. I marmaladed Ken. That's a verb. <laughs> no, yes. I marmaladed, marmaladed Ken. I think Canadians have different parts of speech <laughs> than we do. <laughs> this is the Queen's English. This is English. the Queen's English, yes. <laughs> the three of us all sat down and played Microzine together, at least the first issue. And this was donated to you, Carrington? It was, yeah. A listener to One Megahertz sent it to me. Listeners will very, very nicely send stuff to me that they you know I can review and then pass on to the community because I like to give away the stuff that I review. So That's very thoughtful. Yeah. And you're going to give this to me? I am. We're having the world's smallest cartoon head cookie jar. Yeah. We had decided, Mike and I were talking, that uh, the person with the most cartoon head cookie jar-like features was you. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to hear If it gets me microzine, then I won't even question it. The, well, the reason I brought it was on the Kansas Fest list, somebody was 
asking, does anybody want things? They were bringing a number of things to Kansas. Especially yes, that was Dean away, Nichols from Santa Clara. Which was very nice of Dean. And Isn't you it? had responded that you were interested in microzines. It sort of rang a bell. I'm like, I think I've got one of those. <laughs> so I went into the closet of stuff that's been, been donated, and I found this, this trapezoid here. And I brought it in so that we could discuss it, and I could give you back a piece of your childhood. So how long have you been sitting on this in your closet? Probably a couple years. Yeah, it was ages ago. And you haven't even played it once? Nope. What a shame. Well, we played the main feature on this disc, which is known as a twist-a-plot. It's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure. They have a different one on every disc. I would just like to jump in and say, it was awesome! Yes, wasn't it? The <laughs> epic. epic is the word. It was, I loved it. It was fantastic and ridiculous. A tale for the era. I think this one is simply called Haunted House. Very creative. You can guess what it's about. Is it about a boy and a dog? No. Oh. But the dog does make you curious. Is it about a ghost? It is. That tells jokes? Yes. <laughs> bad ones? Yes. Bad, bad jokes. Well, twist of plots are a mix of text and graphics. Usually it presents you with some of a story, and it will ask you what you want to do, push one to do this, two to do that. Sometimes they'll say, you see a house, and then the entire screen will slowly draw in with a house, replacing the text. And it did. It did those draw in, draw and fill in pictures rather than the loader. I love that method. I guess it's a memory-saving technique, but I just find it so interesting. It's sort of like a Bob Ross painting, that you see it come to life. <laughs> yes. You know, with a happy little haunted house here and a, a happy little tombstone in the corner here. Or, and a scary... Ghost with jazz fingers. Right, and it makes everything better. Yes. Oh, spirit fingers, jazz hands. I get those confused. But the game started off by asking me, not my name, but the name of my friend. Who did you pick, Ken? Well, it asked me not for one of my friends, but for my friend. And since I have only one, it was appropriate. So I played with you, Carrington. (laughs) Yes, you did. Carrington, you weren't there at the time. Oh. This was the early session. Right. This was the beta. Right. The the, the pre-test test. And then it asked me, is Carrington a boy or a girl? And you answered, all man. <sighs> you had to think about that for a while. Yeah, I mean, you have the best qualities of both, really. I do, I really do. But we went with boy. Yes. Just because it was a little less confusing for yes. everybody involved. And then, apparently, the game says that I woke up at 3 a.m. drenched in sweat because I had a dream about you. Yes, you did. So I don't know how it was reading my mind like that. And it just gets more disturbing from there. Right. And then you were given options. You yes. Just uh, go it, back to sleep. It, well, it thought that I, I had had a dream about you in an abandoned house that is rumored to be haunted. Yes. And the game asked me, was it just a dream? So I had the choice of rushing over there, going back to sleep, or the middle ground where I call you. Right. At 3 in the morning. Yes. And and so what did you choose, Ken? Boy, did I call you. Yes. Ken chose to call, and so it brings up the word ring, 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 ring. It just keeps placing those words over and over on the screen. And Ringing the, a bell. Yes, there's an silence. audio component. And then you're supposed to type the word stop. stop. Now, Ken doesn't type very well sometimes. And this game has a bug where if you hit any other key first, then you type the word stop. It doesn't register your keystrokes, so there is no way to stop it. So it just rang. And rang and rang. And my roomie at the time was on the phone getting tech support, but the computer just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. I could not figure out how to hang up the phone. No. It's a very complicated device. Ken broke the game. I did. And a bit of foreshadowing. In the future, we're going to talk about Ken broke the game again. Ken broke this game more than once. Yeah, later on, you actually get to navigate around the house in an ultimate-like top-down fashion, and you're pushing the keys to move up, down, left, right. And I pushed a key that doesn't send you anywhere, and from there on, I was stuck. There was no way to delete that key, unfortunately, so we had to reboot. I don't know if that's because we were playing on Apple 2GS keyboard, and the delete key sent some sort of a different code 
Yeah, the, the game itself said it would work on a regular 2 or 2 plus, and that you could use it on a 2E, but you had to make sure you had the caps lock key down. So it clearly came out just at the beginning of the, the 2E era. But it was a fun game. It was an awesome game. I really liked it. It was less text adventure, more choose your own adventure stock. Yes, very it much a so. few options. Um, but for a young kid sort of thing, and for something included in a magazine, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, there are a lot of different components to it. I mean, you're making decisions, you're navigating a house. Now, I don't want to say fantastic like this is up there with Wasteland or something. No, certainly not. But the teacher's guide even gives you a list of the skills that a child playing this game will learn. So, Ken, what skills did we learn from playing Haunted House? Well, let's see. Under the computer literacy and fundamentals, we learned capabilities. I did learn capabilities. We learned how to use the keyboard. Ken, did we learn that? I think so. <laughs> Did we not not learn that and then well, crash the computer twice? Well, in the programming category, we learned how to use flowcharts. Oh yeah, because in the in the magazine there is a flowchart. Um, the kids are supposed to make a flowchart after playing the game that shows the decision paths they followed. So oh, you play really? the game a few times and then you make a flowchart. So the purpose of the game was to teach kids decision trees. Because you have to remember what decisions you made and how it affected the story. Right. There's only two or three decisions at each branch, so. But some of them could dramatically affect the story. For example, when I was tied up in the kitchen and you untied me. And First we... you were grabbed by strong arms in the dark. Wait, you were tied up in the kitchen? Yes. I was. By strong arms that dragged me into the... Yes, oh. it was very strangely worded. And then all of a sudden, you came in, Carrington. Carrington appeared and, and untied And, and untied me and told me about these two people who were hacking an arcade game to reverse the controls. The arcade game was called... Space Wimps. Space Wimps, that was it. So. That was their evil plot, was to make up, down, and left, right, so that people would lose and put more quarters in. Yes. And it made me furious. So I decided, I was going to... No, you got to say someone had to go for the police. It yes. be both of you, or just me, or just you, I think. I think so. Yeah. And you decided to send me for the police. And then it said, hold on, why wasn't Carrington tied up? Do you trust him? And you had to answer the question, Ken, do you trust Carrington? What was your answer, Ken? I gave an honest answer. Of course I don't. And then what happened, Ken? I made such a commotion running after you that the two people showed up. Yes. And then we had to either face them or run away. Yes. And we chose to run away. Because we are wimps. Space wimps. We're space wimps. We ran away from the two. And we came face to face with what, Ken? And all this, by the way, happened because you weren't trusting. And all of a sudden, yet another villain showed up. Yes, with a very strange name. I can't remember, but it was It, like, was, it was an anagram for villain. Yes. It was like Nalville. Yes, Nalville showed up. And, right. And we had to either fight him or run away. And we chose to fight. But how? we had two choices of the ways to fight. Physical or mental. And, and we chose being computer nerds. We'll go with mental. Right. Yes. And so there was a locked book a computer and a dog, and one gave power, one gave magic, and the other gave curiosity. And it, and it was a logic puzzle, so it would tell you that like the dog is older than the object that gives curiosity, the object that gives magic uh, isn't locked, or something, I don't know. Um, so there were three things, and it let us deduce from that what the three answers were, and we got it correct, and we defeated the oddly scrambled named villain, and we won. And so, by, so you got all of this because you chose not to trust him, Ken? Right. It was quite the adventure. It was interesting because when I chose to trust you when I was playing through this game, you turned out to be the bad guy and the cops arrested me and dragged me off to jail. Well, there is so much ample evidence. So the lesson here clearly is don't trust your friends. Exactly. I think so. Yeah. And that's actually one of the bullet points on the list of things that kids learn from playing this game. This is America. Is untrustworthiness. <laughs> Excellent. Right. 
There's also a doorbell at the beginning, which is one of the major branches. So you, when you get to the house, you can either ring the doorbell or not ring the doorbell and sneak around back. We decided to sneak around back. Mike, when you first started playing, you rang the doorbell or did you sneak around back? I think I, I think I rang the doorbell. I think you stuck around the back. Did I? Somebody rang the doorbell. I think you and I played twice the second oh, time. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was multiple opportunities for you to crash this game. So we played a second time, we rang the doorbell, and it opens up a trap door, and you drop into the basement, you encounter a ghost who wants to tell you jokes. We listen to all his jokes. And all the ghost jokes. Jokes. Every they single were, one. They were terrible, terrible jokes. <laughs> um, and then you got to explore the house with a flashlight. Right. And you had to type the word flash. And we had to choose, we chose to help the ghost, get some faith in himself. Because suddenly Ken was being trusting, trusts yeah. the ghost in the basement, but doesn't trust the Carrington. Right. So we told the ghost that his jokes were funny and that he should go fight the bad guys for us. Again, we're learning the lesson of lying. Right. So we sent the ghost upstairs and all of a sudden we heard a scream and then silence. So somehow the bad guys Got strangled the ghost. the ghost. Yes. So we went exploring and then Ken crashed the game. So we don't know how that branch ends. Right. So I don't think I ever actually com successfully completed the story. No. Mike had to come in and rescue us. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And I went to jail for the rest of my life because of... <laughs> Thank well, you, Mike. Yeah, but we didn't. That's the real success. Oh, well, that was the lesson. And we'll do a flowchart. That's chart right. I forget sometimes what this game is trying to teach Will me. Mike get parole, yes or no? <laughs> Flowcharts. But there are other features on this game. We didn't get to play all of them. There is one called Secret Files, where children can input their deepest, darkest secrets into the computer, where nobody else can find it. Absolutely impenetrable. Yes. Yes. Well, kids love secrets. That's, that's true. And there was um, an interview with the boy who played Elliot's older brother in the movie E.T. Robert McNaughton. Robert McNaughton. Just like Naughton? Naughton. Just like that. I didn't play this part of the game. So what was that like? Darrington? It was awesome. So uh, I'm saying awesome. But, <laughs> but meaning okay. It was actually really fun. It's it's an interview with this kid, uh, like I said, from ET. He, at the time of this article, had just starred in, or just I don't know if he starred in another movie, something about the cheese. I am the cheese. Ken is the cheese. It was called. Um, and what I liked about the interview was the format was unique. So rather than just being a, a list of questions and answers you get to interact with it. So uh, floating on the screen will be pairs of words that can begin questions, like who is and what are. And the child playing the microzine types in those so they can ask their own question. They might type who is. Then they'll be given a list of questions that begin with who is. You know, who is your favorite actor? Who is your other favorite actor? <laughs> and so the child can pick that question. And then this McNaughton fellow gives his answer and then sometimes we'll ask the kid back a question well who is your favorite actor and then you can type it in so it was a fun interactive sort of way to do an interview i thought especially for for young children now do you think <coughs> that, that robert mcdonald actually knew that this i think robert had no idea and then he was hooked on a lot of drugs i'm saying that on drugs. microphone all right yeah you heard me robert we haven't done any research to know if anything we say has any grain of truth robert was in the cheese he was but we learned from talking with him the art of limitations. <laughs> this is what we learned. Tell us. Ted. Limitations. We learned that not you can't do everything, that some things are just going to be bad at, and you should try I did them. not learn that lesson. Yeah, apparently. We also learned problem solving. I learned that one. Language arts. Yes. Social studies. No. Nope. And thinking skills. Eh. Did it reaffirm the, the lesson from the previous game that we're not supposed to trust our friends? Yes, definitely. Well, I didn't make friends with Robert, so I don't think I would trust him any farther than I could throw him. Robert and I are going out for beer later. 
Yeah, I made friends. He and I aren't on speaking terms at this time. <laughs> on typing terms. Yeah, he hasn't encircled me on Google+. Plus. Oh, damn him. Honestly. Robert. But I'll get him. Oh, yeah. So, Ken, yes? you listened to or, or rather uh, read, played with these microzine things as what, a kid. Whatever it is you do with microzine, I think I did them. Okay. So, did they all come in these trapezoid boxes? The early issues did, and then they switched to a clamshell, and then they switched to just cardboard sleeves. There was also a Microzine Junior, which was aimed at even a younger age group. Okay. But I have recently acquired several Scholastic Microzines, some at VCF, which you did not attend. I did not. Rub it in. Rub, 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 rub. rub, rub. <laughs> some were donated to me by Dean Nichols, who brought a variety of goodies to Kansas Fest. Some were given to me by Sean Fahey, who also brought a busload of things. To he did, away. and lots of magazines. Yes, which are all lying out now, look, just waiting to be scanned. Yeah. Right. Well, it depends on how many I get. Uh -huh. There are a lot of people that want those magazines. So, There's one magazine I want. Which one? Uh, it's one of the Insider magazines. It has a review of two different wizardry hacking programs. Ooh. And I'm about to, for the next episode of 1 Megahertz, is about wizardry. I'm about to play wizardry for the first time ever. And I want to review that and the various hacking add-on things. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this magazine's so perfect. And the, just to look in the future, the episode after that, I'm reviewing something called Rocky's Boots. Yes, I'm familiar with, by Warren Robinett. I really know nothing about it other than it looked kind of cool. And this same magazine has a review of Rocky's Boots. So I'm like, I need this magazine. I know, just want this one magazine. Because <laughs> then I can just read that into the microphone and I've got two episodes finished. Okay, so, so Ken, you and I will make a run for that magazine and then we'll sell it back to him. Yeah, almost certainly. So you've never even played Wizardry, and you're already thinking about how to hack it. No, I just, there's, I, I, having read about it, I see that there were a lot of add-ons, a lot of character editors, and that kind of stuff. So I'm interested in playing the game, but I'm also interested in sort of that world surrounding it, I think. Because everyone seems to have played this game but me. So me just talking about, hey, I played Wizardry, the response will probably be, yeah, 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 we all played Wizardry. Been so there, done that. Now, of course, if you do a Wizardry episode, you're going to have to do a follow-up episode for Silver and Castle which is a later game that was developed specifically because the developers of Wizardry said there's no way that anyone could do a game like this in, in basic. We had to do this in, in assembly language. And Jeff Fink, is that his name? Decided to prove them wrong and ended up with Silver and Castle. Silver and, and Castle. And that's actually in basic? Because I've heard of that game. Yes, it, it And is. it's currently still an active in development game, I think. I think it's been a while since he's released an update, okay. uh, but certainly more recently than Wizardry. Uh, right. it's, it's an excellent game. So. Well, fantastic. And it's in basic. Yes, sir. yes. I think he started adding some additional routines in maybe Macrosoft or some other sort of compiled language. Yeah, as, as the development progressed, right. yeah, I sort of branched out there, but the, the initial versions were definitely uh, basic only. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exciting. It's up to like version 9.3 or something now. Yeah, the original version 1.0 I reviewed for JuiceGS back in 99. And I think the most recent update to Sovereign Castle probably came out in the last year or two. Yeah, I, so. I know I've read about it, and I've read about the updates as they've, they came out. Yeah, definitely so. worth playing. I want awesome. to see a Wizardry versus Sovereign Castle smackdown on one megahertz. <laughs> Not going to happen. Go. Not going to happen. <laughs> Way too lazy for that. I can see that. It's all this energy that you put I tried to the, I've tried to do a couple of shootouts. I played with a bunch of word processors to do a word processor shootout, and I talk about you know what ones were good for using in modern age. And frankly... None of them. I couldn't find a single Apple II word processor that I would recommend someone use. Not even Apple Works? No, no. Uh, but, but seeing it from a modern point of view, I saw no advantage to using that over 
any existing word processor on a more modern computer. I have never found a modern word processor that offers a spell check that functions the way the AppleWorks one does. What's with, that? With Microsoft Word, for example, every item it finds that is misspelled, it requires you to take an action on it. Ignore, correct, whatever. Right. With AppleWorks, it simply gives you a list of all the words that it's questions about out of context, and you can just scroll up and down it and act on each one or ignore the rest. Uh, Adobe InDesign does it that way. The Adobe software all does it that way. I don't want to use Adobe InDesign. No, I agree. But if you're doing like more larger page layout things, okay. so it works that way. But you're right. None of the word processors work that way. Right, because you know, out of 30 quote-unquote misspelled words, only one might actually be something I want to fix. But just looking at a word processor, like to compare it against something like pages or something, for ease of page layout and choice of fonts and quality of the output and being able to save your files and exchange files with other people, I just couldn't find anything. So I was like, it became a boring review. I'm like, eh, these are all fine and there's no reason to use any of them. So. But how much of your word processing actually incorporates layout and fonts and the like? Lots. Really? Tons. Because I mostly yeah. just deal with words. Oh, I, I do that as well. And I'll use a plain text editor for just like pumping out words. Absolutely. Right. But if I'm looking at using a full word processor, I, just, I was looking at, okay, what can you do and, and sort of as an overall modern use? And I just couldn't find any that I would actually recommend. So, so I didn't bother doing it. And then I tried to do a shootout with um, joysticks. And I ran into the limitation of me and a microphone trying to describe, see if I wiggle this bit of this joystick, like it just, there was no way to convey. So I, uh, I have frequently tried to do things uh, in one megahertz that I have then not put out because they just don't sound well on an audio only podcast. Maybe you shouldn't be audio only. I am switching formats actually. The next edition of, or episode of my one megahertz, nice segue, nice, nice softball you're loving me. Um, after this, we'll have video components. I'm not, not switching to a video podcast because I personally don't watch a lot of video podcasts because it's hard to find time to consume them. As a consumer, I really only listen to video podcasts and very rarely, very occasionally, we'll look at a, a red, I only listen to audio podcasts and I'll very rare, rarely look at a video one. Um, but there are things that I like to do in game reviews that I think if somebody was actually interested, they'd benefit from looking at the video component of it. So I'm going to um, have a video adjunct to the audio episodes coming up going forward. So it'll be split. There'll be you can the the audio podcast will be self-contained, but in the game review part of the shootout, it will have a video component. If I if I think that that would be helpful if somebody looked at that bit. So these won't be MP3s anymore. No, they will be. There'll be two separate files. There'll be two separate. So, so you can stay subscribed to the audio file and it would simply stay audio and that's it. And there's a separate feed. I think I'll do it as for the video feed if people want to subscribe to that as well. So if I go into iTunes and I search for one megahertz, you tell me I'm going to find two, two results. Two, a minimum of two, maybe 30 or 40. Why hasn't OpenApple done that? Because nobody wants to look at us. Right, but we should just flood the entire iTunes podcast directory with our show. Excellent. I'm all for it. Let's get started right I mean, now. I mean, we can do MP3, we can do MP4, we can do AIF, WAV. I'm sure. disappointed to learn that nobody wants to look at you because I'm, I've been recording mine wearing a Ken mask. That I would pay to see. Actually, <laughs> he's not the only one. I do that too. Do you? Yeah. Well, Ken said, unzipping to show us he's actually old man withers. <laughs> ah, and I would have gotten away with it too if not for you Canadians. That's true. No, he's Robert. What's his name from the game? Robert. What's his name? Mick Naughton. That's. Ah, uh, yes. Who is... The kid who wasn't Elliot in the movie. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's basically most famous for not being Elliot. Right. I also was not Elliot in that movie. <laughs> well, I think we should start thinking about getting back to Kansas Fest. I've heard of Kansas Fest. That sounds like fun. I don't think you have far to go to get there. No. What kind of sessions are coming up that you're looking forward to? 
Well, there is a Secrets of the 2GS Toolbox programming session by Eric Sheppy Shepard. I think that's up next. A very possibly is. And this afternoon is the networking one that you're looking forward to. That I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's one of the ones I've been most looking forward to. You certainly don't want to miss these. No. So I don't want to miss any of them. This, this event is awesome. I it, really, it is really, awesome. really enjoy coming to Kansas Fest. We enjoy having you, Carrington. You really, really, really enjoy having me. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh. Sorry. This is a podcast of disappointment. No, it's a podcast of fun. And yes. I've, I've enjoyed recording open megahertz with you. As have I. Not so much for me. <laughs> Get yeah. back under the table. Yeah. Okay. And it's just a shame that we couldn't incorporate Ryan Suenaga into the show as well. And we then, did. We could, then we could do like open mega plugged. Yes, open mega plugged would or, have been awesome. Or, Somebody can do a mashable. Or like plug a hertz. Yes, open plug a hertz. Thank you all for listening to the show, and thank you for everybody who's come to Kansas Fest and made an event like this possible. Carrington? Ken? It's been wonderful seeing you. It has, hasn't it? I'm glad that you were able to bring more material than your Vespa would accommodate. I brought less. I think. Really? Do you yeah. still have that little scooter thing? I do. Yes. Yeah, I love my Vespa. You should have just thrown it on the back of your car. <laughs> I could have, yes. We'll see what vehicle I take next time I come down. Maybe you'll come on tricycle. I you probably could hang the Vespa won't. from his door. That could be his door project. Or his door price. Yes. If you start driving back to Canada now, you can probably get back here in time with the Vespa. To hang it on the door tonight. Yeah, that sounds safe and legal. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think Rockers can take it. I think so, too. Cool. Well, Carrington, we'll see you around Kansas Fest, and then we'll send you back to Canada. Yes, I will go back to Canada. Yeah, we'll just pack you and mark fragile and express, and off you go. Fantastic. Go play some hockey for me or something. I shall. That's what I do. That's what all us Canadians do. And Mike, I'll be seeing you at Kansas Fest and on the road thereafter. Sounds good, Ken. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. This has been Open Megahertz, an Apple II podcast. Find more episodes and send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.open-apple.net. And like all Open Apple podcasts, all original material in this episode is released under Creative Commons. What's the expectation for this show?